Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Mara. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. I know that Brian will be with us in just a moment. He's calling in. I've spoken to him. Let us start with this passage. And as I say it, I'd like you to take three deep breaths. And I'm going to bring Brian on the air in just a second. In the valley, on the mountain, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted in his flame amid the sparks of the flame. I beheld only God. Rabia the mystic. Beautiful, beautiful Islamic quote. And Brian... Trying to bring Brian on here. Good morning, Brian. How are you? I'm wonderful. And how are you this morning, Martha? I'm doing very well. I thought perhaps you might want to lead us with your prayer that that guides our program. I love it so much. Sure. We are here only to be truly helpful. We are here. To represent him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do. That he who sent us will protect us. We are content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he can bear with us. We will be healed as we let him. Teach us Beautiful. Beautiful. It really is. Today we're here to talk about the end of the Antichrist again. It's about time, I think. In fact, I had told Brian that I was going to go in and change the title, and I got sidetracked, and so I'm going to do that right now and change this to the end of the Antichrist. For those of you who are listening, and perhaps while I'm doing that, Brian, you can talk to our listeners about Monday and your interview with Neil Donald Walsh. Yes, for those of you who listened last week, Mara had mentioned that I was going to be interviewing Neil Donald Walsh on my show, and indeed I did. And it happened on Monday, November the 17th, and it was a fabulous show. And I know for me, Mara had asked me what aha moment from that show did I get or what was the point in the show that really said this was the essence of the show for me personally. And I know for me personally, what I got from that show was that my message is equally as good as as Neil's. And that was a very um, affirming message for me because it, you know, when I first got him on the show, and before he actually came on, I was a little bit nervous before I went into the prayer, because he's so well-known, and his works are so... I honor his works so much and appreciate his work so much, and there's so much respect there. And at, at times, we can get to a point where we almost make like a god out of someone, if you will, to where we see them as special. And not to say that Neil's not special. But what I'm trying to say is that I, and in fact, indeed, all of you are just as special in your own unique way. 
And so for me, it was a very affirming show to show that, yes, give respect to him. He, he's earned it. But also give respect to everyone else in my life as well because they have earned it as well in their own way. And that really brought an equality for me to everyone. And like I mentioned on the show, it's not that I hold Neil Donald Walsh lower than I used to. It's that I hold everyone up as high as I see Neil Donald Walsh. And when you hold everyone up in your whole life to that level, it's a beautiful place to be because it's my knowing that when you help another raise their confidence and their clarity in who they are, it becomes that much easier for you to do the same about yourself. And that's a gift we can give to the whole world in every moment. And so that's what I really got out of the show, me personally. And that kind of just kicked off for me a wonderful, beautiful week of one thing after another of just it's like Mara asked me um what in what for this week has been uh fun and exciting for you and my response to her was what in this week hasn't been fun and exciting for me and really that's the case everything's just been flowing so beautifully and recently I have been getting into the Christmas spirit and I've been I've been really surprised by the local stations here in Southern California are actually the two stations playing nonstop Christmas music from probably a couple of days ago, and they're going to be playing it all the way through Christmas. And that's a, something different from last year, because last year there was only one station that started playing Christmas music from the day after Thanksgiving until Christmas. And I see that as a wonderful sign of our awakening, our coming together more and more, because for me... Most most Christmas music is very uplifting, very hopeful, very joyous, and very getting into the giving and ch- joyous, cheerious um, state of mind. And so I, I'm very happy to see that in the local stations. And of course, with the internet, you can go and get any radio station that you want at any point in time. And so I do that as well when I'm at home. I'm usually listening on the computer. And in fact, I'm even listening to Christmas music right now in the background as we're having this show. So for me, this this uh, this week and the way I see things going in my life and the, in the world at large are wonderful things. That's beautiful. That's great. That's great. And you know what I understand about the feeling of uh, Neil Donald Walsh? Maybe I can give a, a personal example that I've always had dear to my heart. I have... Um, my grandchildren are our older children. My daughter blessed me with children very early in her life and in mine. And um, so my oldest granddaughter, her name is Christina, I call her Teeny. When we would go to church, and uh, I've said before I was a Methodist, and so we would walk in uh, for the Sunday morning church, and, and as in so many situations, everybody selects a place to sit, and pretty much every Sunday, if you're regulars, that's where you go. It's like going into a classroom, you know, it's your assigned seat. And so we mm-hmm. walked in, and, and <laughs> we we sat down in our seat, and, and everything started to simple, 
assembling or everyone, and things started getting ready to go. And um, both Christina and her sister, Ashley, who's about 18 months younger, they would just belt the songs like crazy. So I want you to know that they were belters, and so that means that this remark was just belted around the church. And so Christina, uh, our minister, Ray, was on uh, vacation, something that she had never seen before. Uh, and so she's uh, she looks up, she stands up on her seat, and she says, Oh! Momo, where's God? <laughs> wow. <laughs> got to be one of the cutest things you've ever seen. <laughs> I think for everybody. <laughs> where's God? <laughs> you know, that reminds me of a joke that I'd like to share. Sure, please this, go ahead. <laughs> there's this... Uh, <laughs> A, Midwest, a couple who lives in a Midwest uh, state and a little small town in the Midwest. And they have two younger boys, um, seven and nine. And if there was any trouble to be had in this town, you can be sure that those boys were involved. And one day the, the parents got frustrated and wanted to get some help with this. So they heard there was a local minister in a, the, the neighboring town who was really well with helping boys straighten out and, you know, be, act a little bit more um, decent. And so they called him up and asked him to come over and, and talk with their boys, and he agreed. And when he arrived, he, you know, welcome, he, he was welcomed into the home, and he said hello and everything, and he mentioned that he'd like to speak with the youngest boy first. So he took the, the boy into his room, set, set him down on the bed, got a chair, sat across from him, sat down and asked the boy, where's God? And the boy just sat there and didn't respond. And then mm-hmm. he points the finger at the boy. Where is God? And the boy looks a little bit more nervous, twitching around a little bit, still doesn't say anything. So he finally stands up and says, where is God? And the boy jumps up, runs out of the room, into his brother's room, and closes the door, gets in the closet and closes the door. And the older boy says to him, what? What happened? What did he say? And he said, oh, boy. We're in trouble now. God is listening, and they think we took him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Oh, wow. You know the glory of those two stories that we just told? One joke, one story, both of them just wonderful is... It really talks about the vulnerability to, of our children to hearing our messages, my friends, and to know, hearing our characterizations of God, our placement of God in our lives, and, and how they, they see God around them in such a different way than we do. And we have a chance that's part of ending the time of the Antichrist. You know, goodbye, Antichrist. Goodbye, goodbye. I'm shouting that. Goodbye, goodbye. We now have a chance to shape what our children feel and hear and believe about love and about each other. 
Have you ever noticed, I mean, so much of what we talk about here, Brian and I and Bob and I before, is is based on judgment and people's ideas about uh, <clears throat> another person end up shaping that person's idea about the, themselves. So if we just take it at a basic level, look at what love would do there and look at what love would do if in our lives we reminded our children that God is with them every second of every day. Now, as a parent, make, and as, go ahead, please. I was just going to say, I, I just think that would make for strong character in a kid when you're letting them know so young at an early age that it's all with inside them from the start, and they have to seek out inside them who they are. That would make for a very strong person, very confident and very clear about who they are when they reach teenage years. Yeah, knowing that one bad choice doesn't make you a bad person or change right. you or change your character is not reflective of anything other than you're being a loving person, you know, and so you get to continue to be your nature, love, kind, aspiring, and being whomever you desire to be, no matter what you've done. You know what, if you look at that, um, when I was a little kid, Guy, I was weird. When I think about it, I was weird. I, I'm so weird that my grandchildren <laughs> would come to me. <laughs> that's <laughs> they would the beauty come of to me. You're all weird in the hard way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. They would come to me and say things like, Momo, God told me I should practice my swimming in the jacuzzi at the gym. <laughs> And I say, well, of course, so we need to do that. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I gave pretty early. My my kind of my nature has always been out there. That God was a big primo actor for me. He was the director of my play, even when I even when I side checked, you know, and did my own thing. I knew that I could come back and God would be there, which is a fortunate. Oh my gosh, what a great foundation that was for me to know that always that no matter what I did, that I was uh, I was okay. And when I was about two or three years old, I used to run around uh, saying John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, and I think if you think that love so loved the world that he or she gave his only begotten love, so that we would not perish but live. What a message we have in that little section. Not about necessary, not limiting it to believing just that Jesus is the only messenger, although what a beautiful messenger and what a profound message, but that love, that there's always a foundation, a safety place. And that's what we can do for our children and our grandchildren and is help them know they are valued and they are loved by God. And, you know, Brian, I wrote down the word special because I absolutely love that word. And But I also don't like how people feel around it. I love the word because I know that each and every human being on this planet has a special, unique place mm -hmm. in love's heart. You know, and 
I don't like it because people don't know that. They don't realize that the earth is like a glistening, beautiful Christmas ornament made up of gems. And it takes each and every gem to have it be complete. Think about it, my friends. We've all had something where one just we lost one gem. And for whatever reason, our eyes keep going to that spot. And what do we think when we do that? Gee, I wish I could find that gem. It's the same thing in life. I mean, God loves everyone specially. He knows each of us. People say, how can God be grand enough to know all of us? I think that's why we divide into these little groups which propound ideas like Antichrist is because of the idea that we don't think that God can be big enough to love us all. And yet God knows us just the same as a rose bush knows every petal, every branch, every thorn. God knows us the way we know our children. We know how their eyes slope and shape, and, and, and we know the, the look of their eyebrows, the curve of their fingers. We're special, my friends, and that's what the, our show is about. You are okay. You are just the way you need to be. Don't, no changes in order. No changes in order. So now, Brian, are you going to lead us today in a meditation, or I'm hoping? I love your meditations. I can do that. All right, great. And I'm trying to think of music. Uh, One thing I know is that no matter how loud the music sounds to you and I, for some reason it's okay when it comes through to the listener, I hope. But, folks, if that's not true, tell us, because sometimes it does seem loud. Our call-in number is 646 Five nine five three five eight four, and we take calls at all times. We may not put you on the air if we're in the middle of reading a holy passage or uh, we're just finishing a thought. But don't go away because we want you and we want your input. And today we want your input on ending the end of the Antichrist. It's goodbye Antichrist. What an uplifting thought. What an uplifting thought. Can you imagine how frightened your children are in church hearing about Revelation and the Epiphanies and all that? And have you ever thought about the Epiphany, my friends? The Epiphany says that God can only love some. Now, does that sound godly or does that sound human? Although I recognize there are people around us who are walking around who can disconnect themselves from their children. Mothers, mothers, I'm calling out to you. We carried that child as part of our body. It is a living, breathing example of life eternal. Which one of you would put your child in the timeout room forever? Line your children up in front of you. And although you love them in different ways, which one do you love best? We know the answer. Our hearts swell up in recognition. I can feel you out there listening. 
That's impossible to say. That would be like saying, which hand do I like better, my right or my left? Or which foot? Or which toenail? We do, love is grand and it's expansive, and that's the love, my friend, a mother's love, a human mother's love that God has for all of us. So with that, Brian, I'm going to play, as your background today, the... Um, hold on. You know what? My switchboard switch changes at times and more frequently lately. Oh, there we go. I'm going to play Daniel Kobialka's Pathless Journey. It's just an exquisite piece of music. And um, when we finish that, as we move into having a unified moment of connection, of belief in all of us, we will play um, Elixir Yardley's Summer in the Aspens. But for right now, we're going with Daniel Kobialka's Pathless Journey. And Brian, thank you. Thank you. And I think as Mara was speaking about earlier, how when we get into the place of hope and love, of unconditional love, that never changes. And that's the message that I think she was giving earlier with raising our kids with that knowingness and that hope with inside themselves and being able to connect and knowing that they are fully connected with God all the time and they just need to focus on that and become aware of that. And that's the place of unconditional, unchanging love. And when we connect into that and live from that space all the time, then we are indeed taking on the aspects of unconditional, never-changing love. And when we can be in that place in every situation, in every moment in our lives, then we can stay in that place no matter what's going on around us. That's because that place never changes. It's always loving unconditionally. But yet every other situation in the exterior world is constantly changing, constantly in flux. And so when we can stay centered in that place of love, we can go throughout the, uh, our lives without taking on too much negativity and too much um, sadness. And so today, what I'd like to do is to help us all to connect more with that solid, never-changing, beautiful, unconditional love that is within inside of us always. So I now ask that you get into a comfortable position, whether that be sitting or laying down, taking care that your spine is straight, and making sure that if you're in the lotus position or sitting in a chair, that your feet are firmly under you or your feet are laying flat on the ground if you're sitting. Remaining comfortable. Sorry about that. And as you as you now sit straight and erect your spine nice and straight, we begin to breathe, closing our eyes, breathing through our nose and out through the mouth. In through the nose and out through the mouth. And as you continue to breathe, I want you to become aware 
of the sensations in your body, starting with your forehead. I want you to feel the tension leaving your forehead every time you breathe out. Take a nice deep breath in, put your focus on your forehead, and as you breathe out, feel all the tension, all the struggle going away as you feel relaxed and calm. And as you take another breath in, I want you to kind of feel this relaxing vibration going through you, starting from that forehead point where we started, moving down, down, like if it were a cup, a cup emptying of all of its fluids. You can just feel this peace wave coming over you as you push all that tension and all that aggression out, out through the bottom of your feet. As the hole in your feet just keeps flooding this tension out. As you continue to breathe in and breathe out, you feel it moving down, 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 down through your jaw. Down through your neck and your shoulders and your chest. Feeling more and more at peace and relaxed as this happens. And as you go down, down, through your heart, through your lungs, through your arms, you feel even lighter, more complete. And as you breathe in once again, and breathe out, you feel this tension leaving your stomach, through your abdomen, out through your hands, down into your hips. Once again, you take a breath. And as you breathe out, you feel the energies, those negative energies leaving through your thighs, down past your knees, into your calves. And once again, as you breathe in and breathe out, you feel the last of this negative weighing heavy energy go down through your feet and out into the ground. And now I want you to bring your focus once again back into your breathing. And now as you take another deep breath in and as you breathe out, I want you to feel where any other place still might be a little bit tentative, a little bit worrisome and focus on that place. And on your next inhale and exhale, breathe that weighing heavy energy out back through your feet once again. And now as you once again take a deep breath in, I want you to scan your body for any other place that might be a little tentative still. And if there is such a place, then once again, breathe into that place, focusing on it and set it down, down, down to the bottom of your feet. And now as we get more clear, more lighter to who we truly are, we can feel our true essence residing within us. And as we connect with that place, 
we feel such peace, such overwhelming joy flowing through us and out radiating in every direction from us. And as we do this, feeling this all around us and within us, I want you to now take your focus on your heart into that area and I want you to feel and connect with the fact that this is where it is all exuding from. This is the center of that love, of that radiant beauty, of that peace, of that joy, always sitting there waiting for you to take notice and bask in its glory. And as you continue to breathe in and breathe out, I want you to just sit with this sensation for a while, loving it, appreciating it, becoming one with it. And now, as you become one with this and realize that this is your true beauty, the thought might come to you that this is where you are connected with everything else and everyone else. And when you might be listening to your Christmas music this holiday season, you might feel the sensation once again and realize that this is where it's all coming from. And this is the place that we seek to stay all the time. And we start to appreciate that the Christmas and holiday season is a wonderful time, a wonderful remembrance of what life is really all about. And as we become more familiar and more appreciative of this, we start to make it become a part of us. We start to connect with that part of us more often in our lives. And as we do this, not only will we, will we remain in this space, in this place of love, but we will also help remind others where the love is, always. And now as we continue to breathe into the nose, and out of the mouth, we can feel everyone else we can feel that we are indeed a part of everyone else. And now as we hold this space, I want you to feel yourself accepting of others and allowing others to be who they are and loving them exactly for who they are and who they choose to be. And knowing with inside this place of unconditional love that they can be anything that they truly choose to be, if only we would allow them to. And as we realize this with ourselves, I want you all now to reach out your left hand and take the right hand of the person beside you as you feel that as you've been connecting with this place and radiating out this love everywhere in every direction, it's been like a magnet or a trumpet call, calling everyone back to their home, 
and you now walk and you are now being that beacon of love and light that is showing everyone the way home. And now I want you to reach out your left hand and take the left hand of the person beside you as you feel the wonderful connectedness of everyone come together once again. And not only do you feel this in your hands, but you also feel it throughout your whole body and especially in your heart area. And now I'm sure you can feel the energies just pulsing through you as it goes around this whole circle, continuously wrapping around from the, le from the right hand to the left hand, all the way around the circle, back into the right hand to the left hand, all the way around the circle, as this radiance of love and light goes out through everyone, everywhere, always moving, always flowing with peace, love, and joy. And now, as we once again come with our focus back into our hearts, we once again are reminded of where the love truly resides. And we are gifted with the awareness that we are that love, and that love is us, and we are never separate from that love. And we can connect with that love any time that we choose to. And now as we begin to slowly open our eyes, slowly, very slowly opening our eyes, taking a deep breath and letting it out. I'd just like to leave you with the hope and the remembrance of this place that you might be reminded of many times over in the next week, month and so as the holiday seasons come around. And any time that you might be listening to a wonderful Christmas music, you might be reminded of this place and choose to visit it once again. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you so much, Mara. There's a beautiful um, Hindu quote that fits perfectly here. Those who argue and discuss without understanding the truth are lost amid all the forms of relative knowledge, running about here and there and trying to justify their view of the substance of ego. If you realize self in your inmost consciousness, it will appear in its purity. This is the womb of wonder, which is not the realm of those who live only by reason. Pure in its own nature and free from the categories of finite and infinite, universal mind is the undefiled wonder, which is wrongly apprehended, apprehended by many. 
what we're experiencing here right now, my friends, is universal mind. If you just kind of keep breathing, allow yourself to get in rhythm with the earth's movement. And as your hands are sending the energy around, don't you feel the rotation of this planet moving on its axis slowly around? And as the earth rotates, you are sending with your hands love. We are beginning the process of having love rotate around and around. Feel the wonderful vibration of knowing that at this moment we are part of change individually. We can make a difference by being love. Wonderfully said. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the centering exercises, meditations that you do. So, folks, we're way open to talk. 646 595 3584. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the end of the Antichrist. And when you're calling in, if you're calling in to tell us it's still something coming, explain, please be prepared to help us understand why. What is it about the last hundreds, thousands of years? that have been so full of us and them fighting mayhem, where Christmas carols playing were designed to show an allegiance to one messenger and not to reflect the joy that God cares enough about each and every one of us to send messengers. There's a wonderful Neil Donald Walsh card, and yes, I do like him. I've read most of his books, not all of them. He's a bit of a prolific writer. But there's a wonderful one that says, see more in others than they are showing you. And that's just a wonderful, wonderful thought. In fact, it's so interesting as I just picked up the cards, and it says, see more in another than they are showing you. Isn't that amazing? That's exactly what that meditation was all about. When yeah. you connect with that place of love, you know it's, it resides within them as well, and you can see them for who they truly are because you see yourself for who you truly are, and you exactly. are the same as he or she. Exactly, and the idea that it, if we can do that... And we can. If we can yes, and we can... And when we do that, that might be a better way. When we choose when, to do that. When we choose to do that. We put a block in the negative energy of hate and fear that has a hold of our planet. Next Sunday, we're not going to have a program, but the following Sunday, we will. And that one's going to be about adjectives. 
and maybe we should say adverbs too, but definitely adjectives that we choose to bring into our lives. And I think that so often we get so afraid of not being okay, of not being enough, that in order to make ourselves feel enough, we have we judge others as less than. We evaluate their skill set not as their unique contribution to the world, but instead as a threat to us. Did you and Neil Donald Walsh talk anything at all about this love and fear idea uh, that God told him everything is grounded either in love or fear? Um, in a roundabout way, that's everything that we t- talked about, because indeed that is the essence of everything. And so I can't say that I actually asked that particular question because what was really coming to me to talk about was that how if we just love one another and allow people to be who they are and allow ourselves to be who we truly are, that love will exude through everything and uh, fear will be impossible. Yes, or, or unneeded. Unneeded, you know, because you're okay. You you can you kind of see that deer in the headlight look that comes into people's eyes when they're starting to talk to you. And in the last few weeks, I've, I'm working to be sensitive to when I see that look, I then try to say the most positive thing as opposed to jump on, you know, their human frailty and not feed the fear. And it's interesting, when you stop feeding fear in your daily life, there becomes less and less fear around you. And people become more honest without being afraid. And you listen and you grow. And in the process, they grow too, so we all keep growing in love. And hopefully, but I think it's looking at that signal that someone is afraid. You see it. It's in their eyes. My friends, how many of you don't look in people's eyes when you talk to them? There are times when I don't, I'll be honest, and I'm trying very hard to overcome that. Because I want to make that soul-to-soul connection with them. What about you, Brian? Have you observed that there are occasions uh, in some environments, complete totality of people not looking each other in the eye but casting their eyes down as though they're unworthy? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't particularly say it in that in that respect. But yes, I have noticed that people do not make eye contact all the time, and I think there's a. I know I experienced that within myself um, still, and have many times in the past that there's almost a fear factor behind looking the person in the eyes because when you do, you almost have a feeling, a sensation with inside yourself that you're transparent to that person, and they can look into your soul, if you will, and as I become more clear and more confident within myself and realize that the more truth I can tell people about myself, the less I'm hiding from myself. And the, when you stop hiding from yourself, because that's all you're ever hiding from, because that person never knows who you truly are, 
um, as far as your mishaps in life until you tell that person. And if you just hide from that place, you're just hiding from yourself. And since you have to live with yourself for 24-7, it's not a good place, not a good person to hide from. And so the more we can be open to others and look people in the eye and be honest about what we've done and not be ashamed of that, because I, then this is one thing that I believe I talked about with Neil Donald Walsh. Like I said, it's been a wonderful week for me. But one thing that I've really realized is that the more honest and open we can be about a situation, the more we can actually release that thing and we can actually learn from that thing. And that is the gift of every single mistake, every single mishap that we make, is it's the our mess-ups, if you will, our mistakes are our greatest teachers because they bring to our awareness right then and there in that moment that that action or that word or that deed did not serve us in that moment. When we realize that that was not something that we wish to choose again, that brings so much clarity on where we do want to go. And so it's actually a beautiful gift to have our mishaps in life. So if we can look at them and say, yeah, I did this, and tell someone, you're freeing yourself from that situation, and that's where the actual learning and growth comes from. So I now look to do that more and more, and that's what I, like well, like we talked about a couple weeks ago on how we want to run this show, be more transparent, be more open, and be more honest about who we are in this moment, because there is no need to be perfect on this show and in my life, and when I say perfect, I mean not saying um, bad things per se, not telling people the truth on how I still stumble and fall, because I'm not here to say I'm the Messiah and follow me because I know the, the correct path. I'm here to say I'm a work in progress, and I, I'm working right now on that progress by sharing these truths with you and opening myself up with you. And I appreciate all of you listeners for coming here and listening to be a avenue for me to seek myself out more. And I'm so appreciative of that. And that's so true. I think defining moments definitely do come. Um, once again, Neil Donald Walsh, one of the comments that he made, because there are so many catchphrases that you can take, but they're wonderful catchphrases to incorporate in your life, and that is you do not know who you are until you encounter who you are not. And, and, you know, that, that is just such a profound statement. There's, I have a little Jewish, I don't know why, but my guides lead me to things that during the week I print out thinking, this may be important during the program. And here's one from Avat Darabai Natan. Learning but no good deeds is like an unbridled horse that throws off the rider as soon as he mounts. So it's, Could you say that one more time? Absolutely. Learning but no good deeds is like an unbridled horse that throws off the rider as soon as he mounts. If we don't take on love and our our highest self during times, we will continue to have experiences that provide us an opportunity to learn that lesson and then change ourselves so that we reflect what we've learned. It's not just yes. words. It's not just words. Uh, this week I had an example where I, I said something to someone that to me was just a truth. 
and yet it weighs heavy on my mind that I said it because it doesn't matter to me about the person. And I and it was about someone else, which is right there usually a signal you should keep your lips closed. But I don't care. I mean, it, it's something that truly is just one thing that I realized. And basically what I said was that I recognized that that person was so afraid of not being liked and not being loved that they would throw another person under the bus. Wow, I mean, that sounds like such a gigantic character flaw. And I guess I didn't mean it as a character flaw. I meant it simply as their reality, that I was not going to rely on, I certainly would not rely on that person to advance my cause if our causes, if my cause did not advance him. But, oh, my gosh, it's been heavy on my heart that I said that. And I should never have verbalized it because, to me, it doesn't matter that the person that I was speaking about is someone that I love warts and all. I don't care, but I'm not blind. I think it goes to that whole idea that Jesus said, be wily like a fox, you know, or something like that. Anyway, uh, maybe he didn't quite say that, but I know there's something in the Bible to that effect. And, um, you know, I'm... I don't expect the people around me to be perfect. But, you know, and my life isn't about their life choices. It's about my life choices. And I don't expect myself to be perfect, but I'm not going to also, how can I be angry at some, if I know that a person chops off fingers for every woman over the age of 20 that comes by him. And I went by him and he chopped off one finger but he really has an endearing, loving character. He's a good person. He just chops up fingers. And then I went by him again, and I had my fingers all closed up. That doesn't mean that I disrespect him. So there's nothing wrong with recognizing in each other that we are not perfect. And it would be unwise as a human being to put yourself in a situation where you would be hurt because of someone's actions. But that doesn't mean you can't love them. Does any of that make sense, Brian, or am I completely self-justifying? <laughs> you know? oh, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, the way I would phrase it a little bit would be, um, you know, like, for instance, when someone comes into my life where someone calls my radio show, and maybe has a, a negative intent behind calling and just wants to be disruptive, and that used to throw me off. Now I welcome every single call that comes into my show because I know for some reason I've called that person into my show. And so because every situation that, that comes my way, I have a, a part in. Nothing comes to me that I do not want to experience. And so I welcome that experience. But I think then what what you're saying is, I don't go after such experiences. I don't yes. consciously choose to put myself in that person's presence after they've shown to me who they, what their intention is in that, in, in that situation. But once again, even if th- that situation did happen and they came back again to my show, I wouldn't hang up on them right away. Once again, I would allow them to do whatever, what they were, whatever they were trying to accomplish and in return show them love instead of hatred by disconnecting them right away or, you know, whatever. It's 
whatever. Yeah. So I've come, I've really come into my own understanding to accept everyone that comes in, but I don't have to seek out those who do not um, resonate with me, if you will, on what I choose to accomplish in my life. Yes, yes, that's right. And I right. think that's and what you were saying. It is, and you can send that person love. You send them loving thoughts and everything that you want for yourself. And, uh, you know, obviously the example of getting your fingers cut off is extreme, but, you know, for my in my instance, I really have to be cautious because of the vulnerability of this poor soul to um, needing to be approved that I just have to be aware that there may be occasions when that person doesn't do the best job of representing who I am. But you know what? It doesn't matter because I'm the person who represents who I am. Amen. And and so that's why it just doesn't matter. I don't need to be afraid of that. And my friends, you don't need to be afraid of that. And that's the role of fear. It has so many subtleties in our life. But if you think about everything being either from love or fear, and you think about Brian having a, what, two-hour radio program talking about it, what a profound influence fear has in our lives. And fear is reflective of what created the age of antichrist, anti-love that is ending. Fear. You know, fear. There, I have. I can't believe I have all of these. I have another wonderful. Um, uh, I ha- by Rumi. I have. This is from Jewels of Re- uh, Remembrance by Rumi, and it. Who is? Um, it's a Muslim uh, thought. Uh, Mathani um, is the passage three 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 six six nine dash three six seven zero Roman numeral three. There is no dervish in the world. And if there be a dervish, that dervish is really non-existent. In essence, he exists, but his attributes are non-existent within God. That's huge. Can I read that again? Please do. There is no dervish in the world. And if there be a dervish, that dervish is really non-existent. In essence, he exists, but his attributes are non-existent within God. So God's attributes are love, my friends. And the rest of this only exists because we allow the fears exist because we give life and food to them. We give them our mental energy, and we all do. We all will. And the resolution of that is that we learn, as Brian said, from what we've done, and we decide this is not who I am. And then the next time that we do the same thing again, then we have to ask ourselves, wow, how many times do I need this lesson to know this is not who I am? You've said a very profound thing right there because that's exactly what it is we're doing when we constantly come up across a situation that we do not like. It's literally telling ourselves, I'm still doing it again. I'm still doing it again. When will mm-hmm. I choose differently? Mm-hmm. And every time it's a gift to show you you're still doing it again, choose differently. That's why every situation in my life, it's, that's why I believe 
Jesus spoke about in the Bible, love thy enemies, because truly there are no enemies. They're all a wonderful gift to show you that somewhere in your life you're creating this situation, and so choose again. And so I praise any time I become aware of something that I do not, in that moment, like, because I start to analyze. And when I say analyze, I don't mean I'm searching out the problem, but just because it comes into my awareness, it's now in my focus. And once I'm aware that there's something I no longer desire, solution becomes, gets created in that moment. And then when I say, we'll get resolved, and I, when I say that, I mean I'm leaving it up to my higher self to show me the resolution in this problem. And when I let it go and say, I know this will be solved, the solution comes to me. And that is a wonderful gift to where I know there's not anything that I have to go and seek out. My, the only thing I needed to do in, the, in, the, in any situation in my life is to become aware of it. And through that awareness, the solution will be. That is so true. It really is true. And you also said something profound there when you talked about Jesus saying, love your enemies. My friend, there would be no need for Jesus to have spoken at all if we need only love the ones who are lovable, our loved ones, because we already do. That was, Those would have been what we call in my profession gratuitous words, free words, meaningless words. So if we look to Jesus as a teacher who's teaching us about love, about the way on our journey to love, then we should listen closely to his words about loving our enemies. Because those enemies are, in fact, I'm going to look for those. Isn't it wonderful? But um, those words say everything. Of course we would love those who are like us. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. The reality is, my friends, that there would be no reason to say those ideas if it wasn't a challenge. And it is, and it's a challenge for all of us. Step beyond fear. Step beyond those events that have caused us to judge another. That's why I'm making a very pointed effort to bring in a lot of Muslim wisdom to this program. Because I think there's some judgment because of a rare few. And people are not recognizing the love that infuses that faith. The same love that infuses the Christian faith. The same love that infuses Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism. Love one another. It's all about us. And the end of the Antichrist is near. It truly is. As a reminder, next week we will not be having a show. You should listen to Brian on his show, Radiate Love Without Expectations. 
and we want you to have a joyous Thanksgiving. Peace be with yes, you, indeed. my friend. Brian, I'm going to let you say the last few words. Once again, I'd just like to remind you all that this is a time giving of thankfulness, of joyousness, and compassion and love. And I ask and encourage you to exude that from you as often as you can remember to as we go throughout this wonderful season to close out the year. And we'll see you again in two weeks. May you be in a loving place until then. Thank you, and thank you, Brian, very much. Thank you, Mara. And thank you all for listening. Bye. Namaste. Namaste.